What is going on, everybody? Hope you are having a wonderful week so far. Podcast time. Before we start, don't forget to hit subscribe and um, set it up to automatic downloads. It means that the podcast can keep going and I'd love you forever. So, podcast time. And this week we've got the one and only Carlo Leo. Carlo has been around for a long time and has just been consistent over the years. A seriously good DJ, seriously good producer, um, runs for Authentic Music with Nathan Barato. Uh, also found out that he also runs another record label on the podcast, which I did not know about. So that was interesting. Um, love this guy's insight. Uh, really good conversation. So without further ado, Carlo Leo. Carlo Leo, what's cooking, man? Not much. Say more. How about you? Uh, it's I'm good, man. Like at the moment, it's I'm it's I'm in the UK. Um, so the sun is shining. It's like f- really nice, fresh, cold mornings. Yeah, that's um, how it is here right now. I love I love these mornings like this. Where are you in Canada? Yeah, I'm in Toronto. Toronto. How's how's it all going over there? Yeah, it's good. I mean, weather-wise, it's like, you know, fall season's changing, starting to get cold. But yeah. uh, on that tip, that's how it is. In terms of, you know, COVID stuff, it's a little crazy. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to talk about that. Canada, yeah. Canada's getting <laughs> fucked right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good. If you, um, how, how's the touring going? How's, how's all of that? Because I, I don't know many folks in Canada that are touring. Like, what's, how, yeah, what does it, how mean, does it work? I've been off for about 15 months. Uh, I just really started touring again uh, the whole summer, like July, August, September, but only because I moved to uh, to Florida. So, oh, really? Yeah, because everything's open there, right? So yeah. that's where all the work is. So uh, I have a place that I, I rent out over there, so I'm like, I'm going to take advantage of it. I'm nice. going to rent it. <laughs> so I stayed there the whole summer, and it was a ton of work. And yeah, uh, after 18, 15 months of not doing shit, that was the move, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I think this is the thing. I don't know if you saw, but like, I think there's like a backlash on things be things being open back then and all of that. But I think at the end of the day, it's like you gotta work. We've got to work. You gotta work. I gotta work. I I I, I held off as long as I could to mm. the last possible second. And you know, I got a kid now, so that changes the mentality even more. It changes everything, man. When it's everything. when it's just you. Yeah. Um, it's easy, right? You can just make things work out. But the minute a kid gets involved and yeah, a partner I mean, or whatever, and you just got to do what you got to do. <laughs> yeah. and that's the position myself, and I'm sure tons more people yeah, are in. You know? Yeah, totally. It's, um, it's interesting. It's really it is. interesting. We live in the most interesting time in probably human history right now. For, for us, <laughs> yeah, in, in, in this yeah. generation, definitely. It's it's yeah. definitely yeah. the world has changed people have changed yep. and i think it's going to be like it's going to be an interesting maybe two years at least yeah it's, it's <laughs> wild it's wild how's um how how did you find like music and things, like writing and things like that during during all of it all because you've been um, you've been releasing some bangers at the moment yeah so, i mean i've in the last 12 years i've never had this much time to just Mm. dive in straight to production and not you know with, without any interference yeah um so yeah the that first 15 months i i've i've never made so much music in my life i mean i'm sure a lot of guys have done the same i mean i don't have to release it i mean i don't have to, i don't have to make a track for the next two years and still yeah. have releases you know what i mean so it's 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 been good on that note it was definitely one of the silver linings yeah how do you um, find that though because from from going what you said like i don't have to make music for the next two years like yeah. i'm in the same situation as well yeah. but i'm like it's not gonna happen i'm still gonna make music <laughs> of course it, you're, you're, you're gonna write music but for yeah. me it's like i'm literally i was in the studio right beforehand mm. just going through some ideas and looking for samples and kind of hunting and right. i'm like for me, I'm putting so much pressure on myself because I'm like, I've written all this music and it's, mm. I'm happy with it. And there's this music that's coming out and there's the music that's not coming out that just always gets kind of left in the hard drives. Right. But I'm also like, this music that I've made, I'm really happy with, but now I need to take it to the step further. And I'm putting so much pressure on myself on how to take it to that step further. Because it's like, I don't want to just write what I've been writing for the last 18 yeah. months. What, how, how do you find with that? Do, do, 
I, I mean, for me, like I've, I've used this time to, to make music without pressure because while I was touring, it was always like, you know, I'm playing two, three shows a weekend. I'm coming home on a Monday. Yeah. I'm meeting again on Thursday. There's a kid in the picture now. So it's like, uh, he's number one. Yeah. Tired as hell. So I had pressure to make music Mm. when I kind of didn't want to, or just didn't really have the time to. So this was the first time in a long time I actually felt no pressure, which is why I've started making way more techno than I have been and yeah. more, you know, a lot of that other shit that's on the high drive that hasn't mm. been touched yet. It's all across the board. So, yeah. I mean, and for me, the number one rule with making music is never just never pressure. I can't yeah. schedule to, I can't schedule studio time on Wednesday at two to six. I need to be in the studio. If you're not feeling it, chances it's going to go south is yeah. 100% for me, at least, you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. It's, I, I like working with pressure in the studio yeah. but for me like my, the, my, my life outside of the studio has to be in order for me to enjoy the studio right right or else it's just you're in your head yeah you're in your head all the time. it's like the worst time i like I, I i love making music without pressure but if i have to do a remix i'll probably do it two days before it's due because (laughs) so i guess i'm both ends of the spectrum when it comes to that (laughs) yeah man how how did it i want to i want to know like more about your background as well because like we've we know we've known each other but we've never really like had a full-on conversation um i think we met a couple of i think maybe we met 2018 or 2019 at a movement yeah yeah you you would yeah yeah you with greg um And I, like, I, I obviously I know you from your through your music, but I don't know you as a person. But how did it kind of start with you? Like, because I re- I remember a few years back you got to, I don't know what it was. You'll probably be able to tell, but like, yeah. you got big. Yeah, it was 2010. Was that was my my like transition year from a local DJ to an international DJ? Yeah. Um, and. I could start there. I could start even before. If start you wherever you want, mate. Wherever uh-huh. feels feels natural. Yeah. If, if for so for that transition time, um, it was basically uh, I was from two thousand and like two thousand eight to two thousand ten. I was just releasing, just to release music on like mm. B, B team labels. Like never got signed to any big, yeah, big label. And um, I think it was around two thousand, yeah, two thousand nine. Do you know this Italian DJ, DJ Sini? Sini? No. Okay, well, he ended up giving uh, one of my tracks that he was playing to Ali, to Dubfire. Yeah. And I ended up waking up to uh, a MySpace message from him. And <laughs> and that was like the days where uh, I, I didn't believe it. I thought it was just some fucking spam yeah. message. You know what I mean? So I kind of replied back in like a... I don't even remember what I said, but I pretty much in not so many words, like said, it was kind of bullshit. Mm. And he's like, no, it's really Ali and whatever, whatever. And then I'm like, okay, we got into contact. And then from there uh, is where I started doing stuff for SciTech. Cool. A lot of stuff for SciTech. Yeah. So that was the big first big real artist and label that I was working with. And then it just, our relationships just brought blossom. And then from 2010, he's like, okay, you're going to come on tour with me. And I played every, pretty much every show, for three years with him wow. open for him all over the world. So like two weeks ago, I was just playing in my own city. And then mm. fast forward two weeks later, I'm playing in fucking Italy and, you know, all Everywhere. over Europe and UK. And I was like, shit, this is fucking crazy. Wow. SciTech so back, SciTech, SciTech back then was like the one as well. Yeah. When it, when it started, it was like, you know, it was, it was the shit, you know, well, like, I guess like, Ali was coming off the deep dish kind of, vibe as well at that time yeah that that was where he really like you know broke out of that whole mm. other persona and went straight you know uh underground vibes uh was releasing you know the rib cage track the oh, rib cage, local, man. yeah that was just it was just a time that that time where he was just banger after banger and it just he'd done know. a he'd done a remix of system seven um i can't remember fully system seven i can't remember what the track was called but gee, I've got I've got to find it out because it's I've got to Google this because it's so good. It was like one of my favorite records. Um, System Seven Dubfire remix. Is this like really old or? Yeah, it's pretty old. Um, System Seven Spacebird. Okay, yeah, it yeah. Came out I think two thousand and nine. Right. Um, that 
that was i was like jesus yeah, yeah so i mean in, in a nutshell i mean i i i pretty much got to write off he was writing off his own fucking transition and yeah I was a part of it and it, it really, you know, he basically showed me to the world. Right. So mm. after then where I kind of, you know, got big enough to start getting those solo gigs by myself, which is the main goal that he had in mind anyways. Yeah. You know, he did that with a few artists. He did that with like Davide Squilacci as well. Yeah. Um, he was doing it with shaded as well at the mm. time. We were all kind of touring together. So I owe a lot of the success to him. It's amazing, man, because it, I, I don't know. I don't know if how you feel about it nowadays compared to then. Um, mm-hmm. I feel I could be wrong, and I'm happy to be wrong, but it doesn't feel like it really happens like that anymore. Um, I feel mm-hmm. it's. I feel it's more like record based. Um, yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Whereas, like, you have to have that big record to what? Like, there's a certain. Maybe not actually. I don't know because, like, let's say for instance, my career. I've never had a. I've never had like the hit record that yeah. that, that you're kind of. But we've done right. years and years of touring, right? Um, and the touring kind of gets you to the level of, and you have records to kind of go in between and things like that. But I feel like may, more so much now, like newer guys, it's like, yeah, they want the hit. They, they want, want that hit. hit. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. And even though I got still that one once in a lifetime chance, I still feel like um, my you know progression was still very organic. Like I never yeah. had a, a number one record on Beatport, or yeah. let alone maybe fuck one or two top tens that were there for five minutes and mm. fucked off. You know what I mean? <laughs> so um, it's just it's for me it was just always being consistent. It was more um, it was more important to me to have the guys that I wanted to play my record, play my record, mm. you know what I mean? So, yeah, but I agree. Right now it's, it's it's overnight success. Like everyone wants that that one and it's there. You can get it, but I don't know. Someone like me, I don't make records like that, you know? Yeah. I'm not, uh, but yeah, you're right. I agree. It's, it, it, I also saw one of my mates, she posted earlier um, and it was like hats off to all the DJs nowadays because – you're not just a DJ or a producer, you're a part-time model, you're a part-time marketer, you're a part-time this and part-time that. And it's so true. It's like, and I'm not complaining. I think, I think there's some actual really amazing things right now. That's like, even 10 years ago, being a DJ wasn't a thing. Right. And, and I think being a DJ or a producer nowadays, it's, it's fashionable and it's, it's hip and trendy, but by, by doing that, it's made it, more appeal to more people which means more people come to see us play which means there's more money to be earned there's more people listening to our music blah 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 right Right. when did you because you 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 came up during the time when it was like it it wasn't that um when when did you see the transition or did you did were you like i need to get on my get my shit together to do this or were you like i'm just gonna stick to what i know and kind of move forward i mean i kind of you know, like, like anything, right. You got to roll with the times. And I did as much as I could without letting it stress the hell out of me. But like, I hate being a slave to Instagram and having to, you know, again, it's pressure, right? Yeah. I have to post something uh, this week for the sake of posting just so no one forgets my name. Like, yeah, I, I hate that type of pressure. So, I mean, I do what I need to do on, on social media, but like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't have a social media, personality like yeah. i'm not that charismatic guy i like to speak through my music but again it's part of it and yeah you have to do it especially when you're trying to come up in this in this in this day and age you know mm-hmm. what i mean um it's it's super important but yeah if it was up to me like we had uh two days of of, of social media blackout a couple of weeks ago and yeah it's fucking great man it was it was the best <laughs> thing wasn't it i Right. I text. Um, I remember texting my manager Ryan and was like, "Mate, I love that Facebook is down. It's like because it means that Instagram's down. It means that it was a bit annoying with WhatsApp because like it meant yeah. that I couldn't get stuff done with people. That right. but hey, it's, you can text them. Um, but it's like it was nice. It's a nice breath of fresh air, man, for sure. It's it reminds it reminds me because I like the same for you like i remember growing up without that mm. and without that instant connection with everyone yeah um that's why that's why i also say like you know um my my come up was super organic because 
I couldn't wake up in the morning and decide I wanted to be a DJ. Yeah. You know, I needed, you needed fucking, you needed some loot. You needed to buy two 1200s. You needed to buy a mixer. You needed to spend $150 at the record store every week. You know yeah. what I mean? I didn't have, I didn't have YouTube to, oh, if I don't know how to do something, I just go on YouTube and within a second, you know, yeah. I learned how to produce by just fucking opening up a program and pressing every button and see what it did. Yeah. So it's a real different time. Yeah. I think there's massive pros and cons to it. For sure. Um, Cause I, I was just listening to a, a bunch of old house records. Sorry, I'm drinking these fucking drinks and they make me burp so much. Um, it's like, uh, it's like uh, LaCroix. Is it like a beer? No, it's like just <laughs> like sparkling water, flavored sparkling water. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Um, but in the, do you, do you get LaCroix in Canada? No. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, but I don't know what it is. Yeah, LaCroix is like a big thing in, in America, but it, this is like the UK version. Okay. It's better. Is it alcoholic or no, is it no, sparkling? no, no, completely oh. sparkling. Uh, okay, just, okay, yeah, just water. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, I, like I was listening to like old house records mm. earlier, and I was like, it's not because we have so much. We we're so lucky nowadays that we have we can go use any program. We can pretty much download any synth, even if you have no money. Like you exactly. can get a synth, like you can buy like Logic, Ableton and you have everything there. Everything. Like before, yeah. like you'd have to buy hardware. And this was way before my time as well. Like I started on software, but may, maybe like five years before me, the software was shite and right. you'd have to have hardware to make it sound good or anything like that. But yeah. now like you can literally buy anything. Whereas I was listening to the old stuff and there was a, a certain groove and a certain vibe that you'd get with old records mm. that every, I find everyone's looking back to try and get that. Yeah. And, and I think they should, yeah. um, your future for me, it, it's based off my history mm. and those records back then as full and as fat as they sound. And they're so fucking simple. Mm. Like, for me, a success is when I make a track with very little channels that sounds like it's super complex. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's a testament to a lot of these old records that sound so full and they're actually really, really simple. But it's hard. It's hard to recreate those and catch that vibe. And, you know, less is more for me all the time. Mm. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. How's, um, how's the record label going? Yeah, it's been going amazing, man. We've had a good few years for sure. Uh can't complain. We were, we were like pre pre COVID, we were ready to start doing a lot of like label events and stuff, which obviously went to shit because yeah. of no parties, but we've kept it going. We've releasing the same as we've started with, you know, every, every few weeks and just kept in people's faces and the response has been amazing. So mm. a lot, a lot of support, a lot of quality releases and super, super happy. How have you, did you, did you run a record label before you started authentic? Yeah, so there's actually some layers to that story. So, you know Nathan Barato, mm -hmm. who's also like my yeah. best friend, studio partner, DJ partner yeah. from as local. Yeah, so he actually started Raw Authentic in 2005 yeah. with his brother. Okay. Um, and he actually released my first track oh, really? on, on Raw Authentic, yeah. And then when his brother um, left, I pretty much bought into Raw Authentic. Mm. And then Nathan kind of left the music industry for a bit and yeah. I had authentic solo. And then I ended up shutting it down for like two or three years. And then we kind of relaunched it again. This was authentic 2.0 uh, together. I didn't <laughs> see, I didn't know it was that for yeah. that long. I didn't know it was that old. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's that old. It's that old. How was it at the beginning then? Like when you kind of took it on, what year was that? Um, I released the first track in 2005 and I think it was 2008 six we were running it together till about mm. 2008 and then um i was running it till about 2000 and maybe 12 solo mm. and then we stopped for well i stopped for a while and yeah. then we relaunched it like three years ago did you stop did you stop carlo leo as well or did you just like take time out from from releasing no no, no never never no, yeah the name has always been straight yeah. how's um how was it releasing in 2005 compared to now uh yeah it was very very different <laughs> i mean 
we were still we were even pressing vinyl mm. um, back then, which yeah. was a lot easier to do than it is now. Um, there was a lot less people in uh, in the pool, so to sell very little copies was a lot easier than it is yeah. is now. But yeah, again, it was just more organic back back then. Today, it's like you know, as an underground label, especially even now with Raw Authentic, even though it's doing good, there's a lot of other things that you gotta dump money in per release where mm. it kind of like puts you in the hole right away. And yeah, we're not a top 10 label, right? We make, we put out underground music. So, uh, you're spending a lot before you even making a dime, uh, where it was a little different back then, but gotta do what you gotta do, I guess. Yeah, man. I think the <laughs> thing with streams nowadays streams, yeah. mean, means that eventually you can make money. If yeah. like, even like, cause it's always being streamed, like no matter what, even if it's two or three streams a day, even if it's a hundred thousand streams a day, it, it doesn't stop. It doesn't yeah. stop. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing I like about it today. But have you tried to press records recently? Um, no. I mean, I have. I have. Um, do you know my other label, On Edge Society, the techno one? No. Okay, you'll like a lot of this stuff. Tell me so, about this. Yeah. So, On Edge Society, I started with um, Kareem Kali from New York. Mm-hmm. Um, we launched this about four or five years ago. Damn. Yeah, four or five years ago. And again, it was super underground. Uh, we started off pressing vinyl. Yeah, we weren't even on Beatport for a little bit. <laughs> um, but <laughs> was yeah, that again, was that when Beatport was hard to get onto? Because I remember, like, when Beatport started, it was hard to get onto Beatport. Yes, it was. It was. It was a little bit hard. I think. Yeah, I remember. My memory is not the best, but um, yeah, we started pressing vinyl and shit, man. And again, it's only five years ago, mm. and we were pressing for so up to like three three years ago until we stopped. But yeah, you know, minimum 300 copies. Mm. It was a fucking, it was a mission to sell yeah. these, these, these copies. And it's like, it was great quality music too. I mean, vinyl sounding tracks that should be able to sell, but yeah. it was just too hard. So, and even when we did, we did sell like everything, it was pretty much still breaking even. It's and wild, yeah. you know, now it's like you can have a release digitally and within two to three weeks, you can get it up. Mm. Now the, the, the you gotta wait. I think it's like eight weeks for the pressing, and then I don't know. It's insane. It's Dude, insane. now it's wild. Like yeah, during, it's, it's I I've started pressing again. Um, oh really? Yeah, twenty twenty we started. So okay. with the record label, I started doing a yearly press of so like mm-hmm. at the end of each year we're gonna release a vinyl with all the releases on. Okay. Um, so it's like more of like a collector's kind of edition rather than like what it used to be. Right. Um, and the first year, which is 2020, before we kind of had it prepped before COVID and kind of got it all all going. Mm. And then last year, we, or in fact this year, we put our deposit down in March to get the record. And we've just been told that we're probably not going to get the record until April next year. Like 13 months? Yeah. Yeah, that's insane. And it's, and you just like, it, we were supposed to have, we, we booked our place to get it in by October. And now it then moved to November, then it moved to December, and now it's moved to like April. And you're just like, guys, like, are you, how are you supposed to like keep a schedule if you were actually pressing vinyl like per release? You can't. Every other release, it's impossible. You can't. And, and also, it, it, yeah, but that's the thing is like, I I don't know the record. I don't know how the record labels like. It's not like we're going we're going through like a proper pressing company that like does it on a regular basis. And you just like and all it is is just backup. So during lockdown, everybody started pressing records again, and there was just a massive backlog. And you just like, was this for like? Is this pretty much standard for every even credible vinyl company right now? Yeah, like that type of waiting. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that's insane. It just does. It, it makes no sense to me. It makes me want to open a vinyl pressing plant. I know. Right? <laughs> Within six months, you'll be that backed up too, though, probably. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's good money. It is, for it's, sure. it's like for sure. what businesses are you guaranteed to make money? It's like funeral, being a funeral director or like a yeah. pressing plant right now. It's <laughs> so true. It's been really looking at it. it's funny. Um, <laughs> what's uh, what's the plan with Well, what's the plan with both the record labels? Is it is it 
business as usual or is it just like how did you kind of go through like covid and all of that with releases because i know a lot of people stopped really there's a lot of labels that stopped releasing yeah yeah i mean with us we we kept it business as usual like mm. with authentic we release every two weeks nice. um which is a lot but yeah there was also a few releases that like, you know, this track is, uh, could be a huge summer track yeah. when there was no summer last year yeah. or mm. timing releases that, you know, are in conjunction with uh, BPM or yeah. a big, uh, you know, WMC or some shit. So maybe we've moved stuff around like that, but in terms of releasing, we didn't stop nothing. I felt mm. like keeping that consistency was just way more important. And it, I feel like we've grown during the pandemic. Helps. Yeah, man support and attention and you know beatport love and it's i think we made the right decision for sure no i totally agree with you on that i want to talk business on record labels because i think it's something that a lot of people don't talk about and aren't willing to talk about um how do you find like the actual making money on the, the music side of things nowadays and with regards to having a release every two weeks, that's a lot of content. That's a lot of catalog, which is, is. which is what a record label really, that's the value of the record label, right? Is catalog. Of course. How, do, how does it, how do you find releasing t- a, t- a record every two weeks? And is it financially like, is it good for the label to do that? Um. Yeah, I think financially it's definitely, better i mean the more you release the obviously more you're going to bring in some extra money in but there is different types of like pressures to it because by the time you're pushing a release that's coming out today you're already starting to stop talking about it and trying to push the one that's coming out in the next two weeks Mm. so there's there's a little bit of uh you know traffic Mm. i guess you could say yeah but um i found we found ourselves releasing once a month and because the label has gotten pretty hot we've been over signing yeah so it's like we need to be releasing two mm. weeks so we can get out all this this great music yeah and even with now i mean there's comes a time where me and nathan are just like all right let's just let's stop signing for six months because yeah. you know it's there, there's a lot of great music and we want to be a part of releasing it so i feel like that once a month has kind of pigeonholed us a little bit mm. to say no to stuff that we may not have wanted to say no to yeah but and yeah, on the financial side, yeah, more streams, obviously more sales. It's more yeah. consistent. So yeah. No, I like I like the idea of it. It's it's an actual record label rather than mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to say it, but like an ego project for the artist, right? It, right, it feels right. like a proper record label. Um, sure. And I think, like for me, like my record label is at this moment in time. Well, I've literally just signed my first record for somebody from somebody else. Um, but for me, the record, my record label was like about building a sound for myself before I started signing other people. Right. How do you find the, like the sound of your label has kind of like evolved over the years? Well, me, between me and Nathan, we have like a pretty broad spectrum of, of music, what we like and what we sign. It's, it's not, you know, we love, it's, it's stuck in between house and tech house, but again, between those two genres, there's still a lot of stuff, right? It cut, it came more down to just having, um, having records signed that have longevity Mm -hmm. because right now, I mean, music is so disposable Uh, and and it's good music too, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't, I could forget about it in two weeks. I want a record that a year from now or two years from now, I'm going to just, it's going to pop in my head and I want to pull it out and play it or someone's going to request it. Uh, on their phone a year later or some shit so that's kind of how we sign records as mm. long as it hits that spot and it has that whatever special ingredient it is we'll 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 sign it as long as it's within those you know house and tech house boundaries yeah. for it's super important that because i think there is so much throwaway music and there's so much music where people are just writing music to write music really yeah. um and yeah. re- release music to re- release music because they feel like they have to um mm-hmm. are you guys more into signing new artists or 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 established artists we are again it comes down to just the music yeah. um we do have releases from bigger artists but we have released a ton mm. of, of smaller artists no-name artists so that just there's just, just the music dude straight up yeah i like that man. yeah i like it mm. um 
what's the plan for the rest of the year for you or moving forward future wise? Because obviously it's still all up in the air, but what's yeah, that's the crazy thing about right now. It's like it's hard to plan. Yeah. <laughs> Every week shit changes, regulations change, like I've been stuck in my head too. I know I tend to go down the rabbit hole a little bit with this stuff. And I, you know, the fact that I can't even plan something two weeks ahead, mm. it drives me a little bit crazy. But yeah. as of right now, it's kind of, I kind of changed the way I'm touring a little bit because, um, you know, I've, having to stay in, in, in Florida for three months obviously was great for work and, you know, financially and stuff. But I also had to be away from my kid for three months. Yeah, which is a lot. So, right. So now I'm kind of doing like a, almost like a two to three week on and two to three week off thing, mm -hmm. which I think is, is great. Yeah. And it's helping in other things as well. Like throughout COVID I've, you know, tried to get a lot more healthier Okay, and, cool. and with touring, it's obviously not the easiest. Yeah. Well, so, what have you done? I want to, I want to know about this. I'm into I've, that. I, I did. I've been on keto for, um, sick. I probably started like March of last year and I've been going strong until, Obviously, I moved to Florida for those three months. <laughs> you can't do keto in Florida at all. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I still maintained where I was. Like, yeah. I didn't shit the bed or anything like that. So, and now got home and was off for this whole month of September pretty much. Yeah. and went straight back on. So, it's been another silver lining. Did you lose? Did you lose? What was the goal for it for, for going keto? The goal was 60 pounds, yeah. and I'm about at 65 right now. Sick. And so, do you want to do more or that? Or yeah, keep I think it? I want to get to like another 20 pounds, Sick. which now that I'm so involved and invested in it, I think it's 20 pounds is, is nothing anymore. Yeah, it's so easy, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure I'll get it. Are you training uh, as well? Uh, now I am, but that first six or seven months of doing it, it was just straight food. It's amazing, and isn't it? Amazing, dude. It's amazing. Like that just shows how important just just diet is. Diet, so, I would say diet is like ninety percent of it. It is, and and mental game, of yeah. course. <laughs> yeah. Have you have you felt mentally different? Yeah, like clarity, just energy. Like I wake up, or, I mean, I wake up early period, but I wake yeah. up crazy extra early now and just wanting to get shit done mm. from six in the morning till like eleven. I I do everything I need to do. Is that like your most productive productive most hours? Productive, most productive time, yeah. And then it kind of. Yeah, it's interesting that, isn't it? How yeah. a, your diet can completely change a, your it's, life. Yeah, I mean, you're if you're eating, you know, like sugar and carbs and gluten, it just you just turn into a slug. Yeah, you know, you're just clouded. You're just you're lazy. Yeah. So happy to finally eliminate that. I've been trying for like 25 years. <laughs> Have you heard about this? Um, the like the carnivore diet. Carnivore diet is that. I mean, no, it's, I don't think so. It's strictly, it's strictly meat and fat. So it's very similar to keto. Similar to it's keto, very yeah. similar, but it's, it's just more restrictive. Um, and people have, I've heard like really interesting things. I don't know if I buy into it, but it makes complete sense because you're just restricting yourself from pretty much everything apart from meat and fat. Is this, it's like as excessive as like breakfast, lunch, dinner, meat. Like that's what you're eating for all. See, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. Like, I thought keto was crazy. That's that's a little bit more. What's, crazy. what's your like day to day diet? What are you eating? Um, in the morning, it's usually like uh, avocado is essential because high in fat. high in fats, yeah. uh, eggs, a lot of cheese, meats. Uh, but yeah, the breakfast is usually like I'll have like an an avocado and maybe a couple eggs. Uh, lunch is usually uh, some type of salad with. Mm no protein or just a little protein um with obviously the all the seeds and nuts and shit yeah. that give you those good fats and dinner is usually the main protein and even if i eat dinner because i do a lot of the fasting shit that goes hand in hand okay so, yeah so but, sometimes uh, you're on like two meals a day eh? two two meals more than three for sure yeah that makes sense like, I just window it and then yeah how how, how long are you doing fasting uh, I started doing like 16, 16, uh, 16 hours off, eight hours on. Yeah. And then I ended up getting crazy where I was at like 20 hours off, four hours on. <laughs> it was a good four hours, but it was 20 after. <laughs> I, I don't know if you ever do this, but maybe you do now, now you're touring and doing, doing the diet and kind of more aware of it. But sometimes I do like a whole like 24 hour fast. Yeah. Where, and it, it's not because 
it's because I've probably like eaten a load of shit where I feel really shit about myself mm-hmm. the day before. And yeah. I wake up like no sleep, nothing. And I'm just like, I just need to like clear my whole body. And yeah. weirdly, the next day I wake up feeling so fresh. It's so true, man. And it's, it is- it's wild to me because like, I think we're, we're taught as kids, aren't we? Like you have to have your like three meals a day and you have to do this and you have to eat that. And like, I don't know about you, but growing up, like your parents are like, don't forget, don't eat. You have to eat all, all on your plate, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's just not, it's not how it's supposed to be. It's not, it's not. It's not. And me growing up from like an Italian household, <laughs> my dad was the cook of the family. Best cook I've ever had, yeah. you know, but it was pasta and pizza and breaded cutlets and just, yeah. just, just bread on top of bread. And, you know, my dad loved sweets. It was just, everything was available 24 yeah. seven in my house. And yeah, it's kind of what derailed me. And it's now, since I moved out, I mean, shit changed a little bit, but um, yeah, it, it was technically, it was, it was wrong. And now with the kid, I'm trying to just do the opposite of that, yeah. you know? And there's right now we live in a world of alternatives, mm. which is you need to, what you need to do on every diet. Keto was like, you can't just wake up and start keto. I did a month of like education, mm, educating okay. myself of, you know, I'm like, oh shit, there's ice cream with no sugar in it. Yeah. yeah you just didn't know about it because you didn't look. Yeah. So did you, yeah. did you get a trainer or anything? Did you, or somebody to, to you just all did it yourself? Yeah. You know who actually I, I, I picked uh, Anthony's brain, A-Vision. Yeah. Yeah. He did it. Uh, he did it. Yeah. And fuck, he's, he lost like over 70 pounds right now. See, I didn't know him when he was fat. And yeah, like, I did. We were same big body type type of dudes. Yeah. It's, he, he went in and I was kind of using him for the first month and yeah, it was a big help, but yeah, dude, 70 pounds is no joke. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's big. I went for pizza with him actually in New York, like a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he, he showed me fat pictures and I was like, wow, man, you like, yeah. you literally look like a different person. It's amazing. Different person, man. And it's like, he looks, he looked 10 years younger, man. It's crazy. 100. I, I think, I don't know. Tell me if I'm right or wrong. Um, I think when you've got your diet and your health together, mm. your career grows. It does. It does. I agree with that. It's like I, you're just in a different position. You're more positive, And when you're more positive, better things happen. Mm. And you're more motivated to do more shit. So yeah. it's just, yeah, it's just, I agree. I agree 100%. Yeah, I think it's just that focus, isn't it? Like, the, yeah. f- for me, the people that like, I don't know, this isn't necessarily always true, but the people that train regularly, that look after themselves, seem to be more productive in their careers overall, generally. Yeah, I could totally see that. Makes sense, 100. I guess. Makes sense. I think. I think also, like, now in the music industry, it's it's getting more popular to be healthy. Like a, a lot more of my friends are not drinking and, and all yeah. of that. And I don't know if you've seen it, but over the years, but DJs becoming a lot healthier and kind of more health conscious. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, this job, I mean, it should be, it's, it's, it's a fast life and it's, it's very rewarding, but comes with a lot of sacrifice and a lot of uh, darker sides to it, you know? And for me, I've seen a lot of friends, uh, close friends and that have got, sucked in and you know have either ruined their careers lost their lives or you know so it's it's important to have that that balance um i'm, I'm happy i can switch on and off as well as i can but you know even even talking to my wife about like my kid and she's you know so i wanted to be a dj i'm like uh, maybe <laughs> but <laughs> if he wants but don't pressure like you know what i mean because you yeah. just never know and right? it's it's you're thrown into a, a melting pot of a lot of bad shit it's it's interesting isn't it because we a lot of people don't i try and talk about it a lot on the podcast and i try and kind of make the or speak about like the real um the other side the other side yeah and there's a life of there's well it's come out in the media man like and there's a lot of temptations in in this industry right and it's temptations that you don't that like if we were working in a corporate job, we wouldn't have ever had those opportunities or those temptations in in the past, if you know what I mean. Whether that's drugs, alcohol, 
women, boy, men, like whatever you're into, like there's a lot more temptations in, in, in this industry. And there's also you're that. Put, yeah. You're put in front of it. If you're never put in front of it, chances are you won't fight. But mm. if it's there every, every weekend, every day, like chances of you, of you snapping probably will happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. So hundred yeah. percent. How do you find the, the, the traveling and the touring? Do you, are you kind of good with it or is it something that it affects you? Yeah, no, 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 I'm, I'm good with it. I mean, thankfully I'm good with it because a lot of, a lot of people, like a lot of guys too, back in the day that I've, you know, kind of come up around the same time, once they started making a name and started getting on, you know, 20 flights a month, they're like, fuck this. You know what I mean? So for me, I'm happy I can do it, but that's the real work part of this job Mm. is not, you know, waking up at three in the morning and going to rock a, a club. It's, going to the airport on no sleep and not having a proper meal in two days and, you know, drinking all this shit that you don't really want to. And just that's, that's the work part, which is the shit that we obviously don't really post on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) I think think it could be really interesting, but I don't know how, how it would be like, I don't know how it would be documented, but I feel like there needs to be side of it to be documented. It totally needs to be that side of it. Cause I, cause I think like, like I do vlogs. I do like vlogs when I'm touring and I love it. But also you're like, you don't realize how much it's like hotel, airport, club, yeah. hotel, yeah. airport, club. Cause my manager was like, mate, come on. Like you need to stop fucking doing videos in hotels. I'm like, dude, I'm, you know what this life's <laughs> like. It's like, we, that's all we, we're in. Um, yeah. And then you like make yourself go out and do stuff and it's fun. It's more fun to do that. Um, do you ever get lonely? Um, you, yeah, of course, of course. Mm. But in this job, you also have to be very comfortable with being lonely. Yeah. So I like having my own time, but mm. sometimes I get too much of it, yeah. which I want. I'd rather be home, yeah, especially yeah. as I get older and stuff. But yeah. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't mind the break. I love being home. I love leaving home, but yeah. you know, so How, if you're not comfortable being alone, then this probably life is not for you. It's not for you at all. You've got to be a good loner. This, this is what you're made yeah. for. How is it, uh, being in a relationship? Cause I'm single. I've been single pretty much my whole, like not my whole music career, but my whole, like since I've had success right, right, like, right. or to whatever the success is, um, how is it being married and being in a relationship with that? Yeah, it's great. But again, it has to be the right person who yeah. understands this life. I mean, we've we've been together since before I had a DJ gig in Makes my own sense. city. Yeah, yeah. Right. So she was the one that I was telling, you know, I, I want to be uh, hopefully you want to be DJ. I want to start playing mm-hmm. in, in the clubs in the city. So there's that next level type of support there. Yeah. You know, where it's not like if you found a girl today and she's like, oh, I'm with this DJ and then yeah. see you later. I'll be back in a month. Yeah. She doesn't cut it, you yeah. know, so. They don't like it. It, really, it all comes down to just finding that that white, that one person who understand this life. And she's, you know, also, she also loves the music as much as I yeah. do. Like she was part of this as well, you know. Cool. So yeah, it's like we grew in this whole shit together. It's important, man. It's important, yeah. to, have, important. to have a crew around you that that get it and that are willing to kind of be with you through mm-hmm. it because there's shit yeah. times there's shit times and there's also amazing times and you want to share that with people oh, of course man there's there's like pinch myself moments uh, yeah. so many times throughout these last 12 years you know what i mean yeah and man. i'm sure i'll have many more of them when so. when was the when uh, this is such a generic question but i always like they asking people have asked. they have to be asked but like <laughs> when when was it when you're like I'm doing when you, you kind of, you're like, shit, I'm doing what I've always wanted to do. Yeah. Um, I be, I got to the, to the level locally where I was able to quit my job, mm. uh, my blue collar corporate job. Yeah. So that was definitely the first moment where I can, you know, make afford enough, you know, money to, to, to not have to do, the robot nine to five life, you yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. that was moment one, but obviously I wanted to go to that next yeah. level. And yeah, that was, uh, obviously around that Ali story I told you mm. where, you know, I got to tour and I'm like, shit, 
got that validation and yeah. I could do this. Gave me more confidence and just never stopped. Never, never, never looked back. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Are you, um, are you releasing on any other record labels or are you just releasing on your own? No, um, both. both. Um, I just had the release on, uh, on cage on Ferona's label under alias. That's just doing really well. Yeah. Un- yeah. Uncaged is, it's like Uncaged. smashing it. Yeah. I think they're, I think he just posted that they're like the number two techno selling label on, on Newport, which is amazing. Yeah. It's doing he's, well. He's killing it. But, uh, yeah, I just released on his label. Uh, I had that one on Eats's Eats's mm. label and, and, and Campos. Uh, yeah, that's wicked EP, I have a bunch of shit coming on Raw Authentic as well. Yeah, I've been going pretty hard. Sick. I signed something with Truncate as well, which is dope. What's his, is his label called Truncate? What's yeah. The, <laughs> I love he's that. Got, he's got Truncate, which is the first one, and then he's got uh, the newer one is work, work Tracks. Yeah, Work Tracks, yeah. It's more like, you know, that kind of ghetto tech sound yeah, which is yeah. dope i, I fucking love truncate stuff yeah, i it's, it's like this I, I met him the other day in detroit mm. um and he didn't have a, he didn't have a fucking clue who i was and i knew that he wouldn't have a fucking clue who i was <laughs> and i got introduced to him like hey this is will clark and uh, hey and i'm like mate i've been i didn't say this but i've been playing your music my whole career and your yeah. music's amazing but like, I just felt sorry for him because he did had no fucking idea who I was, and I was just, you know, when you just have that blank face where you're like, he's oh, yeah. he's probably might feel a little bit bad because he's might like I'm being introduced to him as this person, but I'm like, I felt so bad for him because I'm like, dude, you don't you don't have a fucking clue who I am, but it's cool. It happens, and it's gonna probably happen again. It happens, it's happened to me a ton of times. Yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, it's fun though. I I yeah. like that. I like. Yeah, me too. I like. I th- it would be very weird if everyone knew who you were, right? Right. I love it. I love meeting someone where you can just converse for an hour and they have no idea the hell you are. Ah, uh, that's the best. Refreshing and organic, and there's none of that. Like, you know, sometimes people tend to put you in a little bit of a, a higher spot. And it's yeah. just, I, oh, I like hate it. that. What's it? What's it like in in Canada with that? Because in America, social like socially interacting with people. Mm um it's very work and it's very work-based and it's very like it, and i and i don't think it's a it's wrong but it like within the first 10 minutes of speaking to somebody new it's generally like oh what do you do if you know what i mean whereas yeah. in the uk like growing up it's for me it's never been about that like a lot of people would you could speak with somebody for god knows how long or you could even on like dating apps social media things like you could talk to somebody for a long time before it gets to the conversation of what do you do um what's it like in canada is it is it more like america or yeah i would say it's 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 more like that for sure i mean it definitely here i i I feel like people kind of ask the questions that should be asked a lot later Mm. much sooner like you're kind of saying yeah uh, yeah i mean because soon as that that question comes up and i mean again it happens to me all the time you're or you're a dj it's like the conversation kind of turns real quick switches and then i started getting those you know those generic questions oh where's your favorite place to play yeah. uh where'd you go you know it's just here we go you know <laughs> do you ever say you should do something else no but i should i do i say i work in it that's awesome because it's the most boring thing yeah no one's gonna <laughs> and then no one's gonna ask you any questions Fucking smart will that's that's very smart i should use that shit and it's really easy to be like, yeah, I work in IT. Yeah. What kind of IT? What department? Doesn't matter. They don't. They <laughs> they don't. They. That's when you can just close that conversation down and be like, right away. You don't want to know. It's boring. It's boring IT. I'm gonna use that. Or just bring out the porn star, and then that just just watch their face, and it just completely changes. <laughs> oh, the time. Yeah. <laughs> work or say like the film industry and then they ask you like what type of film industry and they like the adult industry and then they don't want to ask any questions no definitely not but i think that would be a cool book dj dj stories of a plane plane conversations how many conversations have you had on a or are you not a talker on the plane where like Um, people just random people talk to you yeah i'm not i'm not a talker on the plane (laughs) i hate talking on the plane I, I'm not a big talker, period. Yeah. Um, but yeah, don't get me wrong. It's not like I haven't been cornered on an airplane. 
hundred yeah. times and I've, and I've fucking talked the whole flight. The whole flight. Yeah. 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 So I've been there, but I do my best. I'm the first guy that like puts on his headphones, uh, fake sleeps, all that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get, if I get any type of signal that this person's doctor, I'll do whatever I can to try to get out of it. But, yeah. Yeah. You do meet some interesting people on the travels though, right? We are oh, lucky. For sure. for sure. We are lucky. It's amazing. Are you uh, a plane talker? I'm not a plain conversation starter. Okay. I will You're engage. I talk if somebody, if I get a good vibe from someone. Right. But I'm pretty sure we can kind of always get a good vibe if someone's going to yeah. be a good conversation or not. I agree. Um, yeah, it's a bit, I don't know. But sometimes it's nice just to have a really shit conversation with someone. I know. Something pointless. Just take takes your mind out <laughs> off of everything. And that's just like, just get in it. Do you like traveling with people like that, you know? Uh, yeah, for sure. Mm. It, may, it does make traveling easier. Like when me and Nathan started traveling again and touring, like that was my yeah. favorite shit. Like traveling with your best friend. Yeah. I've never had a tour manager or anything like no. that. So like, I feel like if I ever had a tour manager, it's not because I want him to hook up my shit. It's just because I want him just to be there. Just you know? be there, yeah. Just have a friend. Yeah. So, yeah. I. I've never had a tour manager. My man Ryan travels with me occasionally mm. when he wants to come to a show and have like a weekend yeah. away. Um, exactly. But I sometimes I struggle with it, not because I I, like, I love having the company, um, but in, I don't know about you, but I get stuck in my own ways of like how I like to travel and like be on time on certain places and like really anal. And then the I minute someone that. comes and you're like they mess it up and I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And then they'll tell you like, Hey, relax. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. you're following me. I got my shit. And I'm, I'm so anal with time. It's Same. the biggest, it's my biggest quality. Like I, it's so important to me. I just, mm. cause I don't understand lateness. No, me neither. Like, for example, when a promoter from another country that you're invited to picks you up an hour late and he says there's traffic, I said, but don't you live here? Do you yeah. not know this traffic? Yeah. There's probably traffic yesterday or the last 10 years on this street. I agree. So there's, there's no excuse for it for me, you know? Yeah. Unless you're fucking, you know, you get in a car accident or some crazy shit. But yeah. if it's just traffic, like it doesn't fly. <laughs> How did you find that going to like European countries like Spain and Italy? Because everyone's always fucking late there. Yeah. Mexico. It's insane. It's insane. Like I, it, it drives me crazy. Yeah. It drives me crazy. I mean, I and spain especially and I, I lived there for like five years too. oh really where did you live yeah in barcelona when i oh, started so when i started touring with ali um he's like you you should move to barcelona mm. and because you know it's just obviously coming from canada touring the way i was with him yes yeah, like getting you know and i wasn't making a lot of money back then it's, yeah. it's like i'm flying from canada to europe every week and i'm i'm losing money yeah yeah, yeah. so I ended up moving over there for about, yeah, from 2010 to 2015. Amazing. And yeah, it was a, a great experience. But, you know, back to the, the lateness shit there, it's it's, it's terrible. It's, yeah, I would, you know, be at dinner, be at this restaurant at nine o'clock and everyone shows up at 10. I'm like, just, just yeah. say 10. <laughs> just say 10. Don't get it. <laughs> yeah. But you know that if they said 10, they wouldn't turn up till 11. That's the crazy yeah, thing. I'll be it was it was for me when I because I used to live in Ibiza and mm. it was exactly the same. It's like getting calling the internet company to be like, "Yo, oh can you get the internet sorted?" And they're like, "Yeah, we'll come tomorrow." And then tomorrow actually means next week, and then they're not going to be turn up on the right day, and they just turn up, and then they have to call you and be like, "Where are you?" I'm like, "Guys, I can't wait around all day long for you." Like, it's crazy, and there's I, no customer service you call. <laughs> not there that's for sure i just love it that it works for them it, i know it, it definitely does nothing but, ever gets done but it works i don't know how business survives over there i don't either i'll never understand it man never understand it yeah it's interesting it's interesting dude we've just done nearly an hour uh let's wrap this motherfucker Ready? yeah Shit. dude it's i could literally these these podcasts are just like a they're in their own world when you start yeah. to get getting having conversations did you before before we go did you speak did you end up learning spanish when you were living in barcelona nope <laughs> that's why i hate saying i was in spain for five years because then it's <laughs> i'm like no i learned like the, the few words that i needed to, to 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 know like you know hola 
con queso. Yeah. <laughs> La cuenta and that's it. I'm good. <laughs> did your did your wife go with you as well? No, no, no. Stayed over. She, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was, uh, but she would come for the summers because mm. she's a teacher, so oh, okay. she has the, she had the summers off. Yeah. And uh, yeah, once we uh, once we had the kid, that all kind of stopped, right? Mm. So, would but, you would you move anywhere else? Um, honestly, Spain is is, is, is where I would always go. Yeah. And and even when we had the kid, we we spent every summer in in, in Ibiza mm. as well. Whereabouts? It's, um, where do we stay in Ibiza? Yeah. Um, we would stay in usually um in San Antonio. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She's more like beach oriented, mm-hmm. so we would go to the south a lot and just you know drive yeah. around. But San Antonio, yeah, it worked for us. That's cool, man. Did you, you yeah. used to do quite a lot of the music on stuff, right? Yeah, I I did actually the first. First three or four, first three, first three or four years of music on, yeah. Yeah, that, they were yeah. the party because I was out there when I was living out there when it first started. Oh right, okay. Um, it was yeah, they, it, they came in hard, man. They they rocked really it really sure. hard. Like it yeah. was like the party, party to be at in in Ibiza. What was it like yeah. being part of that? Yeah, it was dope. It was just it was amazing to even just get that call, yeah. like you know. So, and you know, I've been playing Ibiza years before that, but this was. Yeah, it was it was special. Dope. It was to be a part of it, yeah, for did sure. You, did you ever do space? Yeah, space was my first gig in Ibiza from like invited from Carl really? in 2010 on the Tuesdays. On Tuesday, man, was the, those Tuesdays, tricks, were, man. those Tuesdays were good. <laughs> what what room did you do? The main room. I opened for him. Discotheca. My, my first gig in Ibiza was opening for fucking Carl at Space on a Tuesday. <laughs> it was not normal, man. It was nuts. How good was that club? Yeah, it was it's untouchable. Still, untouchable. like, yeah. there's to have, a, to have a big room like that feel so small mm. is just it's so so special, dude. Because I used to um I used to help record all the podcasts at on Sundays at We Love Sundays. We love space. Oh no, way. crazy! So I spent like nearly four four years of the summer just at space on Sundays. Amazing and like. Just the, they were so far ahead of everything in that club, like such a well-oiled machine. And oh, the nicest, it was the nicest family too. Like it nicest was just crew. It's hard to find, and I haven't seen a club operate like that ever. Pretty do, much. Do you know the the one club that operates like that I find that operates closest to that now, which is ironic. It's space in in Miami. Yeah, Space in Miami is fucking crazy. Yeah, I love it. And you I, were there recently, no? Yeah, yeah, we did a couple about a month ago, a couple of months ago. Yeah, it's wicked, man. That morning is is special for sure. It was my it was my first time headlining. Yeah, um, and yeah, it was special, man. Super special. Yeah, I love going to there, but getting sucked in for forty eight hours. <laughs> it's dangerous, isn't it? It's dangerous. I'm I'm I miss I I miss Space Ibiza though. Um, yeah, me too. I know we sound like old fuckers by going like it was not the same as how it was back in the day. I know, but but that's what everyone says. I, I actually mean it about that because of course that's that those that party in that club, all of the parties they did were just unbelievable. I know. Have you been since it's been something else? What is it now? It's, it's, uh, it's um high now. I have you been to high? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's don't get me wrong. It's it's done very well um but of course because of the licensing like the sunset terrace isn't they can't play music in there um so it's i don't think they can at all so it's it's more of like a chill out area they've done it really it looks really nice in there um this this the terrace honestly is nothing like it was and it's for me it's I don't want to kind of like talk shit because they what they've done to the club is great. Yeah, um, but I don't think I've been in the terrace, just the main room. The main room's cool. I like the main room. It's yeah. all right. It's very more VIP and bottle servicey, yeah. which of course it was. That's how it does look nice. Yeah, still looks great. The terrace for me just feels like more of like a, just a generic club, right? Um, which beforehand the terrace was special. It was special. I love the terrace. It was dope. Yeah, I played a lot of times in there, and I enjoyed it just as much as the main room. Sometimes, yeah. if not more. Yeah, it's, it was. There was something about that terrace that you you were it, it because you you had such a wide room, 
you right. could see everyone and everyone. it wasn't like a narrow everyone no. and then you had like the vip at the back which always kind of ended up getting taken over by yeah. by general <laughs> public anyway um yeah. yeah that was that was special man loved i love that club yeah me too love that club dude let's wrap this motherfucker up thank you so much yeah. for being on um before we go how can people follow your labels follow you come and see you play all of the usual promo shit yeah just um you know obviously instagram carlo leo uh or authentic music uh it's pretty much it i don't know Sick, <laughs> port check out my music <laughs> Very simple. Not hard to find these days. <laughs> Mate, thank you for coming on. Um, coming. Hopefully, hopefully see you soon at a show. I hope so too, bro. Peace All out, right. Man. Yeah. And that is a wrap. Hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to subscribe, share it with your mates, do all the good stuff. Keep safe. See you next time. <laughs>